Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, If you knew the gift of God, and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Blessed are those who are in darkness and desperation. Blessed are those who are in darkness and desperation. As I look back in my life, I can say I've had highs and I've had lows. I would never want to go through those low parts again, but at the same time, I wouldn't want to not have gone through those lows because it was precisely in the low moments of my life that I experienced the most radical growth in my relationship with God, in my relationship with Jesus. In the Screwtape Letters by C.S. Lewis, there are these two demons that are in dialogue with each other, talking about how to best deceive us to lead us into destruction. Here are two things from this book that I thought were very memorable. The first is, the older demon says to the younger one, his nephew, he says, Above all, we do not want people to know that it is totally normal in the spiritual life to have highs and to have lows. They expect that it's always going to be smooth sailing and that it's going to be constant. But as soon as they know and as soon as they expect that there are going to be lows as well as highs, then we've already lost one of the battles. Because when they're in their low, then we can think we can make them believe that God has abandoned them and that there's no hope. The second truth that the enemy does not want us to know is what the uncle said to his nephew a little bit later. He said, the road to hell is a gradual one. The surest road to hell is a gradual one, soft underfoot, without any signposts, without any mileage markers, which is to say, if we don't have anything that rocks our boat, we can easily start drifting away from God and not even realize it. The way to our destruction is soft underfoot without any sudden turns and without any mileage markers or signposts. Blessed are we when we experience the darkness and the desperation because it's a wake-up call and it's an invitation and we get to choose what we get to do. There are two options. The first is, we give in to self-pity, feeling sorry for ourselves, falling into depression, discouragement, eventually into hopelessness and despair. That's one of our options. And we can always choose that. And many, many, many people in our culture do. The second option is to allow this to be a moment where we stop relying on ourselves. We are not surprised that we have fallen and that we're in, a mit- in the midst of darkness and we cry out to the Lord and we make an act of faith and trust in Him and we surrender ourselves more radically to Him. In Alcoholics Anonymous, they call this the rock bottom moment, right? 
when they realize that I can't fix myself, I can't heal myself by my own power, and so I have to entrust myself to a higher power. Maybe we're not in a rock bottom moment right now. Maybe we are. Maybe we did get a diagnosis that, we une- that was unexpected or our spouse did. Or maybe our marriage is going through turmoil or we're watching our kids suffer and we have no power to change that for them. Maybe we're financially in dire straits. Maybe our work is being bottomed out. We just don't know what to do. Maybe we are struggling with an addiction and we can't seem to shake it. It's precisely in that that Jesus wants to meet us. In the first reading, we heard about people in darkness and in desperation. The Israelites were in the desert and they were wandering and they literally had no water. And there there was a threat that they could die of not having water. And they're desperate and they're saying to Moses, why did you lead us out here? Moses is in his own desperation. Lord, I only did what you asked me to do. What am I supposed to do? These people are about to kill me. Darkness, desperation. And then in the gospel, we hear about a different kind of darkness and desperation. This woman is in a group of people, the Samaritans, who are already alienated from the Jews. And she is an outcast of the outcasts because of her past, the sins of her past. She is outcast by these people that are already outcast by the Jews. She has to go and get water in the middle of the day when no one else would in the heat of the day because no one else wanted to associate with her and she just wanted to save herself the shame of being around other people that didn't want to be around her. It's precisely there that Jesus comes to the well. If you've watched any of the Chosen series, this episode at the end of season one is epic. Jesus sitting down at this well, and he, they add a, a sentence in the Chosen that I think is a legitimate one. And he says to her, because this Samaria was not on the way. He had to go way out of his way to have this encounter. And he says, I came here for you. I came here for you. Jesus comes to us in the midst of the darkness and desperation. And he says to us, give me a drink. Jesus wasn't interested in the literal water in front of him. He was interested in the drink of her faith. Trust me, have faith in me, surrender yourself to me, and I will give you a new start. I will give you a new life. And sure enough, that's exactly what happens. Her faith unlocks this new period that goes from the darkness into the high of her life. And she has suddenly has purpose. She has meaning. She's free of our shame. So likewise to us, Jesus is coming down onto this altar to meet us in our darkness in our desperation. And He's so thirsty for our faith, so thirsty for us to surrender to Him again, to give us, to give Him control because we realize we've run into a dead end and we can't fix it ourselves. We need Him so badly. And if it weren't for these low moments, we would start to think, you know what? I think I have my life pretty well under control. I don't really need God. I'm living a very comfortable existence. Sometimes comfort is the biggest obstacle to our relationship with God. Again, that soft underfoot journey that gradually drifts away from the Lord. 
So I'd like to pray for us as we approach this altar that we can have renewed hope, especially if we find ourselves in the midst of the darkness in this moment. Jesus, we thank you for coming and taking upon yourself the tiredness of the journey that we all experience every day. Jesus, thank you for meeting us in the darkness and in the desperation. Jesus, we surrender ourselves anew to you. We trust you. Even though we can't see the way out, even though we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, we trust that there is light and that this is a low and someday there will be a high again. We trust Jesus. We trust Jesus. I ask you, Jesus, to liberate us from anything that is holding us down, any wiles of the enemy, any of his lies, any of his diabolical spirits. And in Jesus' name, I bind and take authority over any discouragement, doubt, depression, any despair and hopelessness. And I command you to leave us now in the name of Jesus. Be lifted off of our minds, off of our hearts, our chests, our necks, and our bodies. And I pour in a fresh outpouring of the new covenant which is the Holy Spirit. And hope does not disappoint. For the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit given to us. I pour into you a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a spirit of faith, hope, and love that casts out all fear and all anxiety. Receive encouragement. Receive new hope. As we receive Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity, Himself completely in this sacrament of His love for us. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our darkness with Your light. Scatter our darkness and fill us with new hope. Amen.